We got a really angry text about this whole Game of Thrones idea. This guy's like not having it. Just talk about things in real life. Don't talk about something that's fictional. It's real to me. <laughs> Game of Thrones is going to be a huge deal on Sunday. I'm sorry if you ain't got HBO. It's not too late. Jump on board. Feel the heat before winter comes. It's coming, folks. Can you hit me up on Twitter if CJ Miles can stay healthy and maintain a good three-point field goal percentage? The Raptors will be okay. Hopefully DeLon is ready to handle the main backup point guard duties. Is Bruno ready yet? Listen, Bruno Caboclo improved a lot last year. On the Raptors 905, on their way to winning a D-League championship. Now the G-League. But is he ready yet to take the next step? I would say nope. Will he ever? I don't know. Like, he was a lot more consistent this year, and he still has intriguing intangibles, but I wouldn't rely on Bruno anytime soon. But DeLon Wright, he is the real deal. I, I'm hoping that his jump shot comes along, his outside jump shot comes along, but he's long, he can get after it, good defensively. I like what DeLon Wright brings to the table. Is this Raptors team improved based on the moves that were made this weekend? They dumped Corey Joseph. They dumped Amari Carroll, P.J. Tucker, Patrick Patterson. They go. C.J. Tuck, uh, C.J. Miles, that is, comes into this team and provides much needed three-point shooting. I mean, I mean, that's the book on this team, but they can't be done, right? Or are they? At Wheeler TSN is where you hit me up on Twitter. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Uh, so Damari Carroll gone. My next guest had a chat with him. You can read it in this morning's edition of the Toronto Sun, torontosun.com. Carol loves seeing Raptors pass the ball more. Comes out and said like the style of the play with the Raptors didn't necessarily fit the skill set of a Damari Carroll. Was that the bigger issue? Or was it the fact that the guy simply couldn't stay healthy? Joining me now is the Waz. Ryan Wolstat, my good buddy, at Wolstat, son on Twitter, from Post Media, covers the Toronto Raptors. What's your take on that? Because great piece, by the way, on Carroll this morning, Ryan. But was was the fit just not right for Damari Carroll? Or was it the fact, the biggest problem was the fact that he was damaged goods? Well, what's up, Wheels? Um, I'm going to say... That it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, the the injuries are the biggest reason why Damari Carroll didn't work in Toronto. There's no question about that. He couldn't. They brought him in to be a guy that would defend and hit three-pointers and move off the ball a little bit to get open shots. And he got hurt pretty much from, well, I mean, he was hurt when they got him pretty much. He, he hadn't recovered yet from uh, that sort of devastating injury he suffered while, while guarding LeBron James and the Cavs when he was in Atlanta. Um, and he sort of... He, he thought he was better, but I think five games into his Raptors career, he got hurt, and he was never able to recover from that. He missed most of that first season. To his credit, he fought hard to come back and play in the playoffs. He's basically contributing on one leg, but being a team guy by coming back. And then he was so hurt from that, he couldn't even rehab the that next summer. They just told him to take the whole summer off to, to see if that would work. But, I mean, he still wasn't right. And though he played in, in all but ten games, playoffs included, uh, this past season – he clearly wasn't the same guy that was a really good, a big part of that Hawks, those really good Hawks teams. So that's the main thing. He wasn't able to do what, what he could do. And that's unfortunate for Carroll. It's un- unfortunate for the Raptors. Right. But, it, yeah, it, 
And and he will be painted as a complete bust. And yes, he never came close to living up to expectations. But at the same point, I don't put that on the front office, Ryan, because on paper, he was the right fit. He was the right guy for this team. In practice, it didn't work out because of those those injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's it's free agency so tough. It's the, the easiest way to screw up. It's the hardest way to get better. We've seen it, you know, we saw it with, with Glenn Grunwald, with Rob Babcock, with Brian Colangelo, and even with Messiah here, it's hard to hand out a lot of money and expect a guy to, to do well. You know, like, they, it, it's just really tough. Unless you're getting one of those prime free agents that, that it's really hard to get to Toronto unless you're contending, it, it's, it's a real crapshoot. But, yeah, the, so I don't mind them taking the gamble on him. He's exactly what they needed. I mean, since Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady, they, they've there's been a huge hole at, at small forward. It's been like the, the continuous thing every year. There's a Joey Graham or a Jamario moon or a Jason Capona or someone being thrown in trying to be that guy. And it, it never takes. And so they thought they'd finally found it and it, it worked out really badly, but it's too bad. If anything, maybe uh, they should have looked into the injuries a little more when they signed him, but it is what it is. And, and as for the fit, yeah, clearly he came from a team that liked the San Antonio Spurs, where Mike Budenholzer came from. They moved the ball. That's that was their. That's what they do. The Hawks. Well, they're all gone now. All those starters, but those old Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> they moved the ball. They looked for. They passed up a good shot to find a better shot. And obviously in Toronto, that's in a very ISO heavy game. Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, they 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 get theirs, and sometimes it leaves their teammates out, and that. It works really well in the regular season, but as we've seen in the playoffs, it's it's very hard to win that way. Okay. And I think that's part a lot of what Damari was talking about when not just when I talked to him yesterday, but also over the couple of years, he kept saying, "Well, I hope we play more like Atlanta. I hope I can bring some of that." And just it, it just didn't happen. And and I'm with him on that sentiment. I, I completely agree <laughs> with him. But but was like the question that I that I've been asking, and the latest guy that the Raptors have picked up is C.J. Miles from the Pacers. A guy who can absolutely knock down that outside shot, and that's what this team desperately needs. But they bring in Miles, they lose not only Carroll and Joseph, but Patterson and Tucker as well. So can we sit here and say, and, and listeners, you can weigh in as well, the Texas 10-50-50, can we say that this Raptors team is going to be improved? Immediately, no. Absolutely not. I think just losing P.J. Tucker is a crushing blow defensively for a team that wants to be okay defensively. And I mean, a lot of this depends on what happens with Valanciunas because I just think they're going to be a disaster defensively if you, if, and offensively. If you start Ibaka and Valanciunas, it's just a terrible match. But I mean, we can get to that, but I, I just think, no, obviously right away, it's not, they're not going to be better because Patterson meant a ton to the team. Now at the end he was hurt and he wasn't the same and he was not productive at all for the second half of the season for the playoffs, but they'll miss the Patterson of old, um, you know they'll miss they'll miss other pieces, but I think in the long run I think they'll be okay. I mean a lot of it depends on how uh, how the rookie OG uh, comes along. Cause I think they have huge hopes for him, and, and I think he's going to be a really good player, assuming he, he yeah, can recover too. from from his injury. But that's going to take some time. So I think CJ Miles is a nice little stop uh, stopgap. He's a guy that can defend a couple of positions, and more importantly, will will bomb away from three if they really do find a way to move the ball more. Which would be ironic now that Carroll's gone. Uh, but you know, he's a nice fit, and you know there's more work to be done. But I don't know. Right now, are they better? No. But but let's let's see what unfolds from here. I think if they get to a point where. Ibaka's the center, and maybe you know you you obviously had a very good look at Pascal Siakam. 
who did really well in the D League. And in the NBA, he he struggled a bit, but he's shown really well in the D League and in summer league. So it'll be interesting to see if he can step up. And obviously, DeLon Wright. I think the way Corey Joseph tailed off last year, other than when he played really well for Lowry when he started, Joseph had a tough year and his defense really flipped. I like. I like Van Vliet, and I like uh, Wright taking some of those minutes and giving some youthful enthusiasm, and DeLon giving some more size, and and he's just such a crafty player. So I like that there, and I think Lowry will be healthier, and and he'll be out to prove some teams wrong. And I don't know, are they better? We'll have to wait and see. But in the East, I think they're good enough to to compete for a home court spot again. Ryan Wolstad joining us here on Toronto Today. At Wolstad, son on Twitter, wrote about Damari Carroll leaving the Raptors and how he didn't believe he was the right fit with the way that this team played. Read that at torontosun.com. Okay, so you, you brought it up, JV and Ibaka together. For me, the next player that will go, I, I don't think it's a matter of if, I think it's a matter of when, is Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, they've been trying to trade this guy since before the trade deadline. It's just a matter of finding the right landing spot because I'm with you. Abaka has to play five on this team, Ryan. Like, right? And and if that's yeah. the case, then they're going to have to address the four position one way or the other. Yeah, and it's the, the problem is in today's NBA, those traditional centers, even really skilled, really good rebounding ones like Valanciunas, there's just not a demand for them because the game has gone smaller. Unless you can move your feet quickly and defend or hit the three, there's not really a place for you. And it's it's muddled the trade market. Like Nikola Vucevic has been on the block forever, and I'd argue he's maybe a bit better player. Well, I mean, they're different, but certainly a better offensive player than Valanciunas, and they can't find a taker for him. The Raptors have been dangling Valanciunas. And look, they could get a deal done, but it would be a bad deal, and they're not willing to do that. And you know, I don't really blame them for that. He was the fifth pick. I know it's a different time. He still has some value. He's still a good player. I wouldn't just give him away. Like, they've been offered bad contracts and no picks. And I just don't see why you would take a, a center that's not as good that makes a little bit less just to save a little bit of money. If you can't move him for a pick, I, I don't think it, it makes a lot of sense. Maybe you just bring him off the bench, and he's going to have to adjust to that. But like, but like he said, and like I said, they can't play together. They're both terrible passers, so that will ruin the offense. And defensively, Ibaka is just much better at center these days. He's not, a, and he doesn't even like playing the floor. So it's just, it's not a, really a tenable situation. They're going to have to find a way to address it, but it's tough. Well, maybe they have to wait till till someone gets injured, and maybe then they'll be more interested in JB. Oh, okay, so a lot of this comes down to dollars and cents as well. Those two trades put the Raptors under the luxury tax threshold, as I understand it, so they can use their mm-hmm. full mid-level exemption. Um, what can they add, like? Who's out there? Like, I threw out the name Miritich just because he's another guy that can hit the outside shot. And I think outside of Miles and Lowry and a little bit of Carroll, once in a while, Ibaka, like, this team still needs more outside scoring. I mean, is there a, is he attainable? Is another player attainable? Like, where do you see them going with what they have left available to them? Yeah, the Bulls are, you never know what they're doing. I assume they wouldn't just let him go because they're kind of rebuilding. He's still young enough that he might be a piece. So I, I feel like they'd offer him more money or they'd match an offer. But maybe an Ersan Ilyasova, who's kind of like an older Miritich. I mean, Masai's been pretty good at finding late in the summer kind of bargain guys like Biombo or Scola and Sullinger, if he didn't get hurt, would have been a nice kind of late signing. Um, so maybe he just waits for that last piece again to see what shakes out. Because of all the money that was spent last year, there's not there's not nearly as much this year for all the teams. So you have to think there'll be a couple good players that that shake loose. And I think definitely a, a shooting power four, like a good stretch four, is something 
that that they really need to look at, and I think they will look at it because I know Pascal's been working on that three a lot, but it, it's still it's not there yet. So right. it's still going to take some time. So you get the sense based upon you know your reporting, people that you talk to, that the Raptors are still looking to make another move or two. Yeah, I mean they're, they're kind of walking the fine line of trying to avoid the tax and figuring what they can do to do that. But they're definitely yeah they're trying to get better. They are trying to they've committed for at least a couple of years of, of staying in the mix and of spending what it takes. Now that doesn't mean they're going to spend 30 million in luxury tax, but it means they're going to spend right up to the, right up to the tax and see what they can get. So but, does that mean they will be a tax team for the first time this year, Ryan? I think we got to wait and see if, if it's the right opportunity. I think they're going to try hard to avoid it, but if, if, if a really good bargain shakes loose that can, that they think can really make an offer a uh, difference, I think they will, but they still have some other moves to make. I mean, maybe a Valanciunas thing materializes to get them under even after they sign somebody. And, and uh, Lucas Naguera is another guy. Maybe I'm, I'm sure they could probably get a second for him, and that cuts a little bit of salary, not much. But uh, there's just other moves to be made, and you have to think that it's going to happen because there's too many centers on the roster, not enough power forwards. And they're probably – I mean, it, who knows about Bruno? I'm still not sure if he'll ever contribute, but – but uh, they could also use more help at, at small forward, too. Good stuff, buddy. Whether it's the Raptors, the Canadian team winning over the weekend. Basketball's yeah, red great. hot right now in the city, pal. It's got to be a lot yeah. of fun to be on that beat. That was great. Yeah, I've been covering Canada basketball a long time when a lot of people were ignoring it and nobody was really paying any attention. And it's great to see them you know, finally get it done. And hopefully it's the start of, of more to come. Awesome. I got Rowan Barrett checking in on the next hour right. of the program. So it should be great to catch up with him. Big weekend for the Barrett family, eh? Oh yeah, RJ's yeah. the next one. He's uh, he. It's, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because he definitely has a shot at being the top pick when when it's when it's his draft year. Just think about this Canadian hoops, and it's and it's not just Andrew Wiggins, but how many players being picked in the lottery that are Canadian mm-hmm. in recent years? Like right, even the guys who haven't worked out. It's just Canadian player. Like, this country continues to develop a lot of times via the United States, just top young players. Yeah, it's, you just look at March Madness every year. There's always a few key Canadians on some of the very best programs. And I just think a lot of people forget. It's not just, you know, these players coming out of nowhere. Yeah, they're really gifted and stuff. There's great coaching in this country, and it's really improved over the last 10, 15 years from where it was as basketball got more popular, as more people started playing. The coaches took it on themselves to to improve as well, and they've done a great job. And, and Roy Rana. And and Paul Weir's the head coach at New Mexico now. He was on his staff, and and the rest of the staff they did an amazing job. They outcoached John Calipari and and everyone else at that tournament in Egypt, and it, and they just keep coming. You know, Scott Morrison is now on Brad Stevens' bench in Boston. So yep. it's not just and obviously the Raptors have have Jamma and Jamal McGlure, and it's just. They're coming everywhere, not just on the court, but behind the bench as well. It's great. I'm getting into this next hour. Uh, it would have been great to, knowing that this tournament was going on before the weekend, but we'll, we'll save yeah. that for the next hour <laughs> of the program. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Wolstatson. Read his fine work across the Post Media Network and the Toronto Sun. Ryan Wolstat, I, I know you're going to stay busy for the rest of this summer, but try to enjoy some downtime eventually, okay, pal? All right, will do. Thanks, Will. Thanks, buddy. Ryan Wolstat joining us here on TSN 1050 in Toronto today.